I want you to, um, if you would, find your pulse or put your hand over your heart, if you would. I want you to try to become aware of the life that is flowing through you. Kind of focus on your breathing. Several months ago, Andrea, um, for her job here at the school, had to do some CPR training. And how many of you have had CPR, CPR training before? Okay. Um, in, in that training, one of the things that they teach you is rescue breathing, which I grew up understanding is actually mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, but they've changed the term, all right, I guess. And it's, it's rescue breathing. And, and basically, we know, you know, most of us know this. I mean, rescue breathing is where you are taking oxygen that's in you and you are putting your oxygen into another person so that person can breathe, right? It's basically you coming to that person's rescue by sharing your life with them so that person can live. As we continue our discussion or our teaching on Advent, that anticipation of Christ's first arrival. We're looking at Jesus as the word, as life, as mission, as sent. Why? Well, we're followers of Jesus. And Jesus calls himself the word. He calls himself the life. He lived his life on mission and he was sent. And then he lived out those practices with his own disciples, right? He shares the word with them. He shares his life with them. He shares his mission with them. He sends them out. And so if we're going to live like Jesus and disciple like Jesus, then it it makes sense that we would learn about this Jesus who calls himself word, life, mission, and sent. But we also talked last Sunday about the the reason, uh, another reason I want us to focus in on these four attributes of Jesus or these four practices, also four practices of Jesus, is because of a challenge I want to give us for this next year. And that challenge comes with understanding that the mission that Jesus has given us is not just for us to be content with being disciples, but for us to become disciple makers, for us to go and make disciples. And I do not want us to get content with producing just disciples, right? Or with us being disciples. I don't want us to get content with us just being disciples. I want us, and I want to equip us to become disciple makers because that's the mission. That's the purpose for why Jesus still has you here is to make disciples and the conversations and the stories we just heard, that's part of it, right? That's the process. You're, you're doing it. You're, you're sharing the word. And so if we're going to live like Jesus, we're going to disciple like Jesus, it's important for us to understand Jesus as word, life, mission, and sent. And last Sunday, we were in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. We're going to be back there today. And we looked at how John describes Jesus as the word. And this morning, I want us to see how John describes Jesus as life. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, he writes, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so John starts his biography with calling Jesus the Word, and 
And just to kind of a quick review, John does this because I think he wants us to see that this Jesus whom we follow and surrender to is not just some everyday ordinary guy. He's God. So when, you surrender, when you're surrendering to, to Jesus, you're surrendering to God himself. And then he continues and he says, in him, in this logos, in this word was life. Well, what kind of life? He says, in him was life. Well, what kind of life are we talking about here? What kind of life is John referring to? In fact, the word that John uses here for life is a Greek word because the New Testament was in, written in Greek. It, it's a Greek word called zoe. Can you say zoe? Zoe, all right. Um, John uses this word over 40 times in this biography of Jesus. In fact, this word is a primary theme in John's biography of Jesus. He starts this gospel talking about in him was Zoe life, and then he nearly ends his gospel talking about Zoe life because in chapter 20, verse 31, John gives us the purpose for why he wrote this gospel, the purpose for why he wrote this biography. And he says, I'm writing this, right, so that you can believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing in him, you might have, what's it say, life. And, and the life he's talking about is this Zoe kind of life. Well, okay, that's great. Well, what's Zoe mean? Well, to understand, help us understand what John's meaning here, I think it's helpful for us to understand a little teaching lesson here as far as Greek language. The Greeks had multiple words for the word life. Now, we would use the word life to refer to physical life, spiritual life, experiences of life, right? Those kinds of things. But the Greeks had multiple words for life. One of the words they had was a word called bios. And that was referring to the physical kind of life, the life that you experience with your eyes, with your hands, with your, your, uh, your nose, you smell, you hear, taste, physical kind of life, the life you experience physically. But that's not the word John uses here when he says, in him was life. He uses this word, this word zoe life. And so what's he, what's he trying to communicate here? He's trying to help us understand that this life that's in him is better and beyond and surpasses and transcends even your physical life. It's in addition, there's a life that's in addition to your physical life that you're experiencing right now. There's more to this life than just what you experience physically. And so when he's talking about in him was life, he's saying in Jesus, in in him is this Zoe kind of life. Well, what's it mean? Well, the definition of this word, it really means, it means the absolute fullness of life. It's spiritual life. And John later in, in chapter 10, verse 10, he quoting Jesus, he says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have come that you might have life. Zoe, that's the word Zoe. I've, Jesus is saying, I've come so that you might have this life that's better and bigger and surpasses and in addition to this physical life. I've come to give you that. And for you to experience it, I want you to have and experience and possess this kind of life. Jesus is saying this. And I want you to experience it abundantly. You say, okay, so it's still a little foggy. When I was studying, I'm like, still a, well, what's he mean? What is this? What are some descriptions of this Zoe kind of life? Well, John unpacks this for us here, I think, in these couple of verses, in verses 4 and 5, and other parts of his gospel. So let's kind of break this down, if we can. In verse 4, he says, in him was life. Well, if it's in him, what's that tell us about this life? It's in a person. It's personal. It's relational, right? And, and he's talking about Jesus here. So he's saying this, this life is in a person. It's in Jesus. And so it's going to come. You're going to experience this 
through a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus himself. And, and Jesus said this in John chapter 17, verse 3. And go there with me because you need to see these words of Jesus. John chapter 17, verse 3. Jesus says this. He's speaking. He's praying to the Father. And he says in chapter 17, verse 3, And this is eternal life. That's the word zoe, the life, eternal zoe. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus is saying this, this life, it's personal, it's relational, and it comes from knowing God, from knowing him. So the more you grow in knowing Jesus, the more you're experiencing this Zoe kind of life that Jesus came to give us. And he wants you to possess it. He wants you to experience it. He says, I've come so that you can have this life. I want to give it to you. Then if you stay there in John 17, 3, he gives us another description of this kind of life. He says, it's eternal. It lasts forever, right? Jesus is saying, this is eternal life. This life that I want you to experience, it lasts forever. It's not just physical. It goes beyond the physical. Physical life will end. But the Zoe life that I want to give you lasts forever. It's eternal. In fact, most of the times that John uses this word life in his gospel, he refers to it as forever life. And that's good news if you think about it, right? Is, I mean, so there's hope, right, beyond this life, that this, it's not just physical life that Jesus wants to give you. He doesn't want to just make your physical life better. He wants you to give you a whole different kind of life, a life that's bigger and better and surpasses and transcends your physical life. It's spiritual life. And then he, if we unpack this some more and go back to chapter one, he says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. So now he says this, this life is like a light. In, in verse 5, and he says, this light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, so now he's using this, this, this imagery and saying this life is like a light that's so bright that no matter how dark it might become, this life that I want to give you outshines the darkness. Think about that for a moment. That this life that Jesus gives us, no matter how dark your past, no matter how dark your circumstance, no matter how deep in the darkness your loved one is, deep in the darkness of sin, and you think, man, I don't know, God, is, there, is it possible? Can you pull them out of this? What's he tell us? That there is a life that when that life is received, it outshines the darkness. The darkness can't overcome it. You think about the sun, the physical sun. Have you ever, have you ever been out at night and maybe away from the city, no city lights, and you're, it's just so dark? Maybe there's cloud cover. I mean, it's just super dark at night. You're like, man, I've never experienced darkness like this, like physical darkness. What happens hours later when the sun comes up? Who wins? The sun wins every single time. Every time when the sun comes up, who wins? The sun. Why? Because the sun always banishes the darkness. It always outshines the darkness. No matter how dark the night may have become, the sun is always brighter. It always burns away the darkness. And he's saying, this life, it's, it's brighter it always overcomes the darkness. And that gives us hope so that no matter 
how deep in darkness your loved one might be, no matter how deep in darkness you might be, or how deep in darkness your past was, or how deep in darkness you might see our culture be, there is a life that when this is received, it will always outshine the darkness. Always. Man, that's good news. And so that's why we got to get people to, the, to, to Jesus, because he's this life that outshines the darkness. That's why we got to share the word and tell people about Jesus so that they can experience this life that's brighter than the darkness. And then this next part that, he said, that, that, that we see here as far as this description of Zoe life just blows me away, man. Just completely, I'm like, Phew. I don't know what to say. Well, what is it? In him was life. Okay? In him was life. He's, in who? Well, we know this to be Jesus, right? So in Jesus is this life. And that word, that little preposition, in, all right, it, it, it's referring to like a fixed position, meaning in Jesus there is a life that is always going to be there. This life can't be removed. Why? Because it's Jesus' life. He is the life. Remember what Jesus said, John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the zoe. He's, I am this life. He's the life. And this life, that it's, it's his life. So you think about this for a moment. All right, so he's saying, so John's saying, like, in him, in Jesus, is this life. Now, don't let the little past tense was confuse you. Right? So he's not saying, well, Jesus had life and then isn't life anymore. No, like he said with calling him the Logos, he's saying, no, life has always existed in Jesus because Jesus is life. He is this Zoe kind of life. It's in him. He has always had it and he will always have it. And so Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm this life that I want to give you. I want you to experience this personal, relational life that lasts forever, that, that's brighter than any darkness. I want to give this to you. And John, the writer, wants us to understand this so badly. He says this again in chapter 5, verse 26. And join me there. Chapter 5, 26 of the Gospel of John. John says, For as the Father has life, Zoe life, in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have this life in himself. So think about this for a moment. The very life that Jesus wants to give you is the life that's in Jesus himself. Come on, that blows me away. That's Jesus. Jesus is trying to make, give me a better life. He wants to give me his life. The life that's flowing in and through him. That's the best life. Is his life in you. And that's what he wants to give you. I've come so that you might have life. I want to give you the very life that's flowing in me. I want you to have. Because that's the only life that will outshine the darkness. Man. I was reading that this week. I'm like, what? That's incredible. What grace of God that he would do that for us. So undeserving. And he's like, I love you so much that I know you can't outshine the darkness on your own. And you're going to try on your own power and your own strength. It's never going to work. So I'm going to give you the very life that I know can outshine the darkness and will outshine it every single time. And that life that I want to give you is mine. 
So here, here it is. Man. John wrote another letter. 1 John chapter 5. Go there. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. He says it again in this other letter. It's like he's got this theme. Like he's got this addiction. He's like, I got I mean, to tell you guys about this life that Jesus wants to give you. It's like crazy. He says it again in 1 John chapter 5. Verses 11 and 12, he says, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So whoever has the Son has life. Why? Because the Son is the life. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So when do you get it? When you get the Son. This is not a life that you get later. This is a, it's not like I'm going to die, then I get this life. No, you have this life now flowing through you if you have the sun in you. People. Come on, that is amazing. Is that not crazy? And we're trying to like, be little hamsters on a wheel going, I think I get this life, I think I get this life. I think. No, guys, I want to I give you my life. But to do that, I could put my son on the cross He's got to bleed out on the cross so that we can deal with the judgment that you deserve for your sin. And then I'm going to put him in the grave, but I'm going to resurrect him again so you can see that this life actually conquers every kind of darkness, even death. And that's the life I want to put in you. Mine, he says. Man, we got to get that. And so the life, when you have Jesus, when you surrender to Jesus, that moment of faith and surrender, it's like, oh. Spirit breathes new life in you. That's not like your life he's breathing in you or someone else's life. <sighs> you get his life in you. The spirit who gives life, Paul wrote in Romans 8. One of the things, privileges I had when our kids were born was cutting the umbilical cord. That was crazy freaky for me the first time. I'm like, dude, what are, are you sure we're supposed to do this? Like, am I unplugging something? And they're like, are you serious? I mean, I, and I, I, I'm not a risk taker by nature anyway, so I'm like, are you, ser- are you serious when we cut this thing? Are you going to be okay? You know, like, dude, cut it, right? So I'm like, but think about it, man. For nine months, this kid's been sucking on a straw and getting his life from this straw called the umbilical cord, Right? That's why he's been getting this life in this darkness called the womb. But man, the moment you cut that cord, what happens? <gasps> new air. A, a new oxygen. They, re, they take in a new oxygen that enables them to live life outside the darkness and in the light. That's the life that Jesus gives you. And he provided it for you on the cross. And by his death on the cross, he's cutting the cord for you from sin. And so in that moment, you receive, he gives you through his spirit, his life flowing through you. So that you can live no longer in the darkness, but in the light. Man. Jesus is so good. He's so good. And so how do we get this life? Well, it's in him. You got to have Jesus. And if you have the son, you have this life right now. You have it now. And so this week, seriously, I'm going through my days. And I'm like, oh, it's, there were moments when it hit me. I'm like, man, I got the life of, 
like the life of Jesus like flowing through me right now. I'm good. I'm good. I am, it's going to be okay. Even though this isn't an okay circumstance, it's going to be okay because I got the life of Jesus flowing through me right now. His life. I don't need more of my life flowing through me. That's hard enough to be me. All right? Thank God you don't have to be me. You don't want me breathing my life in you. Help us. Be horrible. I don't want your life breathing in me either. I need him. And that's what he gives me. That's what he gives you. Man, so good. But there's something else I want us to see. Go back to John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. And we looked at this when it came to John calling Jesus the Logos. And I think we need to see it again when he refers to Jesus as life. And so he says this life, in him was life. And then what does this life do? It became flesh and it dwells among us, right? Becomes flesh and dwells among us, comes to us. And so if Jesus is this life and this Jesus was with the Father, but then this life puts on skin and then comes to us, what's that reveal about the Father? The Father wants to share his life with us. He wants to share his life with you. It's it's amazing. And so Christmas is really about the Father coming to your rescue, breathing his life into you. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is God coming to your little rescue breathing. He comes to you and he goes, I know you were choking on sin. And you're trying to figure it out on your own. And that got you nowhere. And I love you so much that I cut the cord of that sin for you. And so now just receive my life. And let my life flow through you so that you can live in the light and not in the darkness anymore. And so that's the truth I want us to see, right? And sending his son to us. The father is sharing his life with us. And that's why sharing life is so important. It reflects the father's heart. And that's exactly what we see those first century disciples doing. Just read the book of Acts chapter 2. You see it on the screen there. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Why are they doing this? Because it's what they saw Jesus do. He shared his life with them. He shared his home with them. He shared meals with them. He shared his mission with them. He shared stories with them. And so they're just doing what they saw Jesus do. They're sharing life. And Paul said this. He understood the importance of sharing life as a disciple maker. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 5 through 8, he says, We were not ready, or we were ready to not only share the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. Living church, let me tell you, let me affirm you for a moment. I I've never been part of a church like Living Church that understands and lives sharing life like you guys. Ever. And I just haven't. You are doing an amazing job at what it looks like to share life with one another. How you help each other in so many different ways, whether it be moving appliances, buying appliances for one another, providing meal trains for when they're sick or giving birth or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. Praying for one another. I mean, and the list could go on and on. And you're doing an amazing job. In fact, there are churches in our nation who are learning from you 
and want to learn how to do this like you. I got a call this week from a pastor friend in Indiana saying, we want to send our leadership team down to you guys in January for a weekend because we got to learn what you all are doing. I got to get our people to understand this. And so they're coming some weekend in January. They're going to hang out with some of you guys in your house churches and spend time just observing and learning. you're, You're leading the way of what it looks like to share life. But we don't do it just because it's share life. It's reflecting the Father's heart is what we're doing. And when we share life together, not only is it a way for you and for us to reflect the Father's heart, it's a way for us to put the life that Jesus wants people to receive on display. It's a means of mission. So think about it. If the life of Jesus himself is flowing through you, then what life are people seeing as you're sharing life with each other? His life. That's what they're seeing. They're seeing his life flow through you. That's why they're going, how do you make your marriage work? Right, what's, and you're like, Jesus. Right? It's, and, and Abe and Kinsey had an amazing opportunity this past Friday. I just want them to, to share just a little bit about what God did in, in and through them this past Friday. Just another example or story of what sharing life looks, at, look, looks like. So just kind of share a little bit about what you guys were doing and, and what God did. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, so we've shared a little bit before about just, um, how we felt very confident about God moving us to the neighborhood where we're at. We've been there for about a year and a half now. It was like last summer. Um, so ever since we've been there, we've also been helping, um, our living community, the Ellis's we host every other week there. So our neighbors have seen just like flocks of people coming down to the end of our, our street. Our house is like at the straight at the end of the cul-de-sac. So it's just like, Like, people just always walking down into our house. And so we've been building relationships with individual neighbors on our street for the whole time we've lived there and had individual families into our home and hung out outside when it was warm. You know, it gets cold, and suddenly, like, everybody kind of just hunkers down in their house. And so our kids weren't being able to play as much together and those kind of things. So we thought, what can we do to just get everybody together again? So we thought, we'll have a Christmas cookie party. And so I just put a Facebook event out there and said, we're having a Christmas cookie party. Get everybody together. Our kids can just run wild in the basement, and we can just hang out. And I thought, we, you know, we thought, oh, it would be great if we had, like, a couple of families come down, and we'll just have a great time. Every family on our street, save maybe, like, one or two came. We had, like, 21 adults and 26 kids just, like, running through our house and eating cookies. There were sprinkles and icing on every surface of our home, which was, like, at the end of the day, it was like, oh, it's a mess, but, oh, it's a joyful mess. Like, we just had all these people in our home, and we didn't, you know, we didn't, like, have a devotional time, or we didn't, um, you know, say, like, this is the gospel, this is why we do Christmas, but there was so many conversations. Steve and Danielle were there as well. They're kind of coming alongside us as we seek to start this living community in our neighborhood, and so it's just, like, to have, like, backup across the room, like, all right, you guys know Jesus? Like, talk about Jesus. And so just conversations happening all over the place. And it just felt, like, so comfortable. You you know, the risk when you do those kind of things is, like, what if everybody just comes in and it's, like, all right, eat some cookies. Okay, bye. Um, But it wasn't that way at all. Like, you can share a little bit more about just how how great it was. Yeah, so I was going to back up a little bit, even, like, to the start of of last week, heading into Friday. Um, I know just myself, I don't really look forward to those kind of things, <laughs> being around a bunch of people or being in front of people. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, shoot, 
Good job, Kenzie. Thanks for inviting all of our neighbors over. So I'm heading in. No, she did. She, we talked about it, but just heading into it, like I always have this, this anxiety, so I always know I'm going to battle that. And I need to be praying and just be prayerful about not just that day of, but like through the week. Um, and so I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm battling that in my own mind, but just throughout the week, it was kind of a harder week. We just had a lot going on between um, just being tired and, and a little bit of sickness going through and just kind of feeling out of sync, uh, just... I don't know, it was just, just a hard week, and work was really hard for me. I know just mentally draining, um, coming home and then trying to help out with the, the kiddos that are also mental, mentally draining. Um, and so we just were feeling pretty wore out, and then coming into um, to Friday. So <laughs> Friday morning I got up, I was like, all right, I got to go to work. I opened the door, and I just remember stepping out in the cold and head, heading out to my car, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's cold. I don't want to have anybody over tonight. I don't even want to go to work right now, which is not an unusual thought for me to have, to not want to go to work <laughs> or to be miserable in the morning. Um, but I uh, got my car and t- I just started praying and um, really didn't feel a whole lot better when I got to work because things were just wild and um, trying to get stuff done um, for the weekend. But um, I just remember at one point, Kenzie was texting me, and she's like, ah, oh, I've got all this stuff that i got to get cleaned up, and um, the kids are being crazy, and I just, they're all crying at one point, and it's like. I think all five were crying at the same time while I was, like, cleaning the house. I was like, what, are, what is going on? Why are we having people over? <laughs> yeah, and so there was just a moment where I'm like, oh, my goodness, why are we doing all this? Why, why are we putting ourselves through this? And so I was just stopping, and I was just praying um, specifically for Kenzie, just that she would be able to get the stuff done she needed to get done, because I'm at work. I can't help. Um, so I was trying to send her a nice text every now and then, like, good job. Um, but uh, so I, I just stopped, and I was just praying for her at my desk and um, was just thinking through, uh, just ask, asking, asking that God would equip her, just kind of praying Ephesians 6, the armor of God. Um, and then, like, it hit me. It's like, oh, yeah, we're not wrestling or battling against flesh and blood. That's not why we're having all these issues. Um, that's... <laughs> Well, that's why we're feeling so out of sync. It's just it's spiritual warf- warfare as well. And so like that hit me, and I thought, well, if Satan is fighting us this hard all week, and we've been really praying and trying to be intentional about getting ready for it this week, like God must have some big things planned for the night. And so that was like a turning point for me. And so I called Kenzie as soon as um, I was done praying, like, hey. And she's like, yeah, I already know about that. I just thought the same thing. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> Cool. But I was like, but it's still really good. I'm glad, I'm glad we're, we're, like, on the same page and, like, in United and knowing that God has great plans for the night. Um, and, <laughs> and that Satan was really trying hard to, to slow us down and to stop us and discourage us as best he could. And it was working at one point because I was, I was ready to be done. Um, and he even made a joke to Kenzie, like, maybe we should just cancel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but my, that's just my encouragement for people in these situations is just be prayerful about it and know that Satan is going to try to stop you. But God, um, God showed up, and like Kenzie was saying, we had people there, and people, they came at like, um, the first people were there at like 6 o'clock, and we had people not leaving until um, like 10 o'clock, and I really honestly thought we might have a handful of people that would stay for a couple hours or at the most and then leave, and so just the conversations we had, the people we got to talk to, people I didn't know very well that I got to sit down with and um, just get to know them better, hear more about who they are and where they came from and um, just what they're doing right now, so it was just really good, just giving us more of a foundation just to, um, to move forward with them. So I'm sure we'll be doing more. Everybody was, um, they seemed like they had a good time and said, we should definitely do this again and thanked us for hosting. It was really good. So I'm just thankful for what God did that night. Yeah, and then just like moving forward, um, 
because, you know, the, the goal is to, like, launch a living community. It's, I feel like this is, like, the slowest, longest living community launch in history. But it's, it's been so cool because, like, I'm a planner, and I want to have, like, dates and times, and this is what's going to happen. This is when things are going to get going. But God's just, like, making things happen in his time and better than I could have ever planned. Um, and so, we're like, I make cinnamon rolls for the neighbors every Christmas, so we're going to make um, cinnamon rolls, pass them out. And I think the plan is just to, like, put a card on each of them and just say, like, hey, we've been praying, like, for you guys, for your family. What can we pray for? How can we come alongside you guys? Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing moving forward, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So what's the challenge? What's our response? Right? Christmas reminds us it's, it's the Father sharing his Son with us. So that he can share his life with us, right? I love that. And, and what do the neighbors see? They're, what are they seeing? They're seeing the life of Christ through them. As they're loving them, as they're sharing their lives with them. These are people. So not only are we reflecting the Father's heart when we're sharing life with each other, but when we're sharing life with those who need Jesus, they're seeing the life of Jesus through us. The very life that Jesus wants to give them to. And so, check your pulse again. Go for it. Come aware of that breath, that life that's in you. It's a light that outshines the darkness. And the life that's in you that's flowing through you right now, if you have the sun, is the very life that's in the sun himself. So just kind of bow your heads if you would. What, what, close your eyes. What's, what's a spirit saying to you this morning? And kids too, is, I just want to encourage you to keep serving your neighbors, keep sharing a life with your house church. Because as you're doing that, kids, People are seeing Jesus in you. They're seeing the life of Jesus through you. What's the Spirit of God saying to you this morning about sharing life? Who do you need to share life with that needs this life? This life of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you don't even have the Son. Maybe you're here and you need to receive the Son so that you can have this life. Right where you sit, just call out to him and say, Jesus, come, forgive me of my sin. And I turn from the darkness of my sin and, and I turn to you, the light. And come in and remove the darkness of my sin. And replace it with your life and with your light. But church, let's keep reflecting the Father's heart. Let's keep reflecting the Father's heart. The God who breathes life, his life, into you. Because in him was life. And he who has the Son has life. His life.